Blog Talk Radio. Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Facebook, become a fan on Twitter, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds... Our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. All righty, thank you very much for joining us today on Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer. First show of 2016. We are thrilled to be here. We're excited about a new year, uh, some new programming, some new guests, and kind of a new format uh, we've been broadcasting the show. I think this is our, wow, maybe our eighth year of broadcasting this. I know we've done well over a 1,000 episodes. All of them are archived for your listening pleasure. Uh, so if you, for example, wanted to go listen to an episode about coccidiosis that was presented by um, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McRae two years ago, you're free to do that. So uh, we've got tons and tons of uh, great information out there available for all the great uh, chicken lovers out there. Since it's the beginning of the year, I want to send a shout-out to everybody that listens to this live show and podcast. We're talking about mainly all the homeschoolers out there that listen to the radio show and incorporate it into their curriculum. We want to talk to the -the over-the-road truck drivers. Thank you for tuning in. We hear from you on occasion. Uh, You tune in in the middle of the night sometimes to the archive show. Be safe out there. Keep the rubber on the road. We appreciate you, what you do. Uh, all the live listeners, we thank you very much for tuning in, taking time out of your day to listen live to the show when you can. 
the thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, really, of archived listeners. We thank you for tuning in whenever you can and uh, making sure you sign up uh, for the RSS feed so you get an alert or an email when a new show has been uh, recorded. And uh, so we thank you for doing that. And, of course, we've got some feed and seed stores around the country that stream this radio show live for their customers every time we broadcast. Thank you very much. Uh, for doing that. The Chicken Whisper Tour continues. It's a new year. We've got new tours planned. Uh, we are actually going to be having a small tour in Florida coming up in February. Um, it looks like we're going to be over on the east coast of Florida, uh, down near, um, oh God, let me think where I'm going to be over there, uh, just north, I guess, of Fort Lauderdale along that area. I'll be posting this on our Facebook page uh, shortly, maybe even later this afternoon, the dates, the times of the event. And then we're going to be up in, I know, Orlando, Ocala. There's a little town in between there uh, that we'll be at. So we've got five events, um, and it'll be taking place, I think, between the 10th uh, and the 17th that week. Uh, of February. So we're looking forward to that. That'll really launch off uh, our tour for the year uh, on the um, last Thursday of February, I guess a week after that, maybe two weeks after that. I'll head up to Atlanta. We'll be doing a live national webinar at the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. We do this every year uh, with Biosecurity for Birds. It's a Bird Health Awareness Week, and we'll be doing a, um, a live national webinar for free, of course, from CDC headquarters, talking about biosecurity for birds, uh, health, trying to keep keeping your birds healthy from uh, infectious poultry diseases. It'll be a great broadcast. And then from there, we're heading up to um, um, Columbus, Ohio, for a big uh, Combat Feeds dealer conference. And then uh, we're right now scheduling and getting the dates and times for the official Spring Chicken Whisperer Tour, which we're going to be holding. It looks like I heard from them today, Michigan. Wisconsin, northern Illinois, and northern Indiana. So we're going to come up there in that, oh, it's going to be cold, middle of March. Uh, hopefully we won't see any of the uh, the snow, uh, but you never know. You know, the El Nino thing is going on, but we'll just keep our fingers crossed. I hope we don't get any uh, late or um, spring or uh, kind of towards the end of spring. Uh, snowstorms up that way while we're there, and uh, each event we have a great time. So I'll be posting that on our Facebook as well. We got a great show lined up for you today. We've got an all-new show, all-new guest, uh, Rip Stalvey, and he's an APA, longtime APA, well-respected um, judge, and he's just really well known. He's the president of the Moran's Club uh, here in the USA, and he's going to tell us all about himself, all about his background here uh, after our break. But I want to get to chickens in the news very quick. It's actually been a little bit slow regarding chickens in the news lately. I was uh, going through all of the uh, information, and I just found uh, one that might uh, tickle the fancy uh, for us in chickens in the news. This was uh, the December 30th. Let me go ahead and open this up. This comes to us out of Houston, Texas from KHOU, uh, a news outlet there in uh, Houston, Texas. thought this was kind of a uh, kind of a funny story, I guess. But and those of you who know your breeds, you know about this. But this comes to us from Friendswood, 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 Texas. Earlier this year, Dakota Rogers invested in a tiny chick. The 12-year-old boy intended to raise the broiler chicken for eight weeks as part of a 4-H project. Gotta love 4-H, man. Love those guys. Rogers explained broiler chickens are primarily raised for their meat and are usually ready to go to slaughter at about eight weeks old. 
you and I both know and kind of in the industry that really more even about five or six weeks they're ready to go in some of the commercial operations. Nine months later, yeah, nine months, <laughs> the boy's chicken is still around. Can you believe that? you got a, a Cornish cross, a commercial broiler chicken, uh, still around. No, no, you know, the, We normally hear stories about them keeling over from the heart issues or the leg issues, but nine months later, the boy's chicken is still around. On a diet of corn and seeds, the chicken has uh, doubled in its normal size. The boy's father, Daryl Rogers, explained um, explained most adult male broiler chickens weigh about 12 pounds. The family named their chicken Big Mac. <laughs> uh, walking has, however, turned into a bit of a wobble for this chicken. And earlier this year, the family used their household scale to weigh the chicken. Big Mac was a whopping, ready for this, 24 pounds. <laughs> That's a, Imagine that drumstick. Fry that up. Uh, Dad did research and found the record weight for a broiler is around or a little more than 24 pounds. The Rogers invited Lone Star Scales to officially weigh the chicken after a certificate of weight was issued so the family could submit it to various livestock history books. On a calibrated scale, Big Mac weighed in at 23.47 pounds. The poundage earned the 12-year-old boy bragging rights, but the chicken's weight wasn't enough to break records. Keep it a little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit more corn. <laughs> the Rogers plan, uh, the Rogers family, uh, they plan to slaughter the chicken soon and use the meat for gumbo. So Big Mac will... Um, come to his demise here and, and go into some gumbo, but uh, started out as a baby chick, 4-H project for this young man, and uh, tw almost 24 pounds later, and <laughs> um, nine months, uh, the chicken is going to end up feeding the family some supper, so how about that? But I just thought, you know, nine months later, 24 pounds, I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Uh, <clears throat> many, many years ago, we were all newbies at one time, right? Got on Craigslist. I found somebody that was actually uh, giving away some um, uh, uh, leghorns, okay? so, some leghorn chickens. We call them down here in the south, leghorns. Uh, they're leghorns. And uh, so we drove about 45 minutes. Actually, we went up to a poultry show up uh, in uh, northeast Georgia, right up 85. After the poultry show, we had made arrangements to go pick up these uh, white leghorns from this person who didn't want him anymore. And um, we got there, and I thought, these white leggings are, 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 are pretty big and pretty meaty. <laughs> got him home. <laughs> of course, 30-day uh, quarantine. Had their own little area, the whole nine yards. And, man, I'm telling you, this is back newbie, okay? We've, you know, if you've never had them, uh, broilers, I told my wife, I was like, man, these white leggings are eating this out of house and home. They're eating so much. All they do is eat and drink. Can you? I've had to fill up their water three times a day. The amount of eating, the amount of drinking, <laughs> and the amount of poop was staggering. So eventually, put two and two together, 
these aren't white leggards. <laughs> so I had somebody that wanted them, and they actually said they were going to try to keep them around for a while and not immediately uh, put them on the dinner plate. But uh, I will admit to that uh, fiasco way back in the day as we were uh, getting started with uh, <laughs> backyard chickens. These these white leggards are huge. Um, so, yeah, that, that was funny. There is a difference, folks, just because they're white chickens. <laughs> gotta love it. We got a great show lined up for you today. We've got Rip Salvi, uh, APA judge. Today's topic is uh, really introduction to showing poultry. It's going to be a great show, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy it today. And uh, we'll return with Rip right after this short break. So stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Just a cap full a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing ePoultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health. Made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. ePoultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com. That's www.eanimalproducts.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 
100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then look no further than Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from appearance-grade western red cedar right here in the USA. Urban Coop Company coops are designed to be both beautiful and functional. I invite you to visit their website to learn about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. They're passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit their website at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And we'll rem- remind everybody as well, if you're not already a fan on Facebook, please do so. But uh, later this afternoon, if I can get everything together, we'll be launching uh, an awesome chicken coop contest, the uh, January 2016 Ultimate Chicken Coop Contest. It's it's going to run for the whole month of January. It's a fabulous coop. Um, we, we've been doing coop giveaways for seven or eight years. We've given away more coops than anybody on the planet. Um, and uh, we just really love doing this for, for our fans. Um, there, I will tell you, and I'll be upfront with you, every single coop we've ever given away has included everything uh, in, in the kitchen sink, practically. Sometimes we even had just mammoth giveaways where the grand prize and it was a coop and an incubator and waters and feeders and all kinds of things. Um, but uh, we're dealing with uh, Curtis Coops and Yard Barns during this contest, and they're out of North Carolina, and uh, they're a small mom-and-pop operation. I mean, they, they make fabulous products. We've given away one of their coops last year, um, and uh, it included everything. And this year, he really wanted to participate. We really like helping the small um, again, the small businesses that, that run this country. And he wanted to do a contest, but he just, you know, and he has this be- big, beautiful cube. You saw it over there on our Facebook page. But just for him also to out-of-pocket pay for shipping anywhere in the country was a little bit more than what he could um, uh, could do, being, again, small, um, operated family business there in North Carolina. We understand that. So uh, since we've been doing this for seven years, I understand there may be a little bit of no is being turned up or backlash or people that are just we're just gonna uh, let's just say it it's social media get mad um, but with this contest when we launch it later today um, the winner um, will have to fork up for shipping and it's a big coop um, but even then based on pricing let's say this coop is valued at um, I don't know I'll get a value from them a little later over a thousand dollars you may be looking at two or three hundred dollars to get it shipped to you, uh, probably anywhere in the country, and you can go to U-Ship and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just letting you know ahead of time. That's why we've never had to do this before. But we wanted to help Curtis Coops, Matthew over there, small business. He he did everything last year, uh, but we didn't want to exclude him because he's a small business. We all started, you know, small business and tried to work our way up that that ladder. So we want to help him. We want to help promote his business. He's a great guy, but he just couldn't uh, fork out. 
and, and, and along with the coop that's uh, I'm pretty sure it's valued over a thousand bucks um, for shipping as well. So that'll be in the, the not even fine print because our contests are pretty darn simple. But just be on the lookout for that later today or this evening with our Facebook post about this awesome new chicken coop contest. I think it's probably going to include a chicken fountain watering system. It may include a couple of other prizes as well just to make it uh, even extra worthwhile. People say, hey, you know, it may cost me 300 for shipping, but I'm getting close to $2,000, $1,500 in prizes. Well, well worth it if you got to understand if you don't have that to pay for shipping, you may not uh, enter the contest. I understand that, uh, but I really wanted to help these guys out because they're a small business based here in the USA. Got to do what we got to do, right? So let's go ahead. I'm very excited about this first guest, uh, Rip. He's going to tell us about himself, his background, what he does, president of this club, the APA judge for many years. Got his first chickens when he was three years old. He's worked, I think, with the Florida uh, Wildlife um, and uh, just well, well respected in, in the show uh, and fancier arena. He was recommended highly um, to me, and after uh, a little bit of time talking with him, letting him know kind of what what we're all about, what we wanted to do, he signed up for this. So we really want to give him a big chick- chicken whisper welcome right now. And we want to welcome Rip to the show. Rip, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Andy. It's a real pleasure to be here, and welcome, everybody. I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to sharing a little bit about showing uh, poultry with everyone. It's a fantastic hobby. First, a little bit about myself. Like Andy said, I did get my first chickens when I was three years old, and I very distinctly remember the first egg that little bantam hen laid. I very proudly took into the house, opened up the refrigerator door. and Now, you got to remember, we had one. I'm old. We had one of those so, uh, international <laughs> harvester refrigerators, and it had a, a shelf in there with holes drilled in it that you put the eggs in. And I can distinctly remember trying to put that little bantam egg in that hole and looking in horror as it went all the way through the hole onto the floor and smashed. I was devastated. Um, that's uh, just one of the unique things that's happened to me over the years with poultry. But starting at three with just barnyard bantams, uh, I got my first standard bred chickens when I was about nine or ten years old. They were um, Buff Plymouth Rocks and a trio of buttercups. And it just kind of blossomed from there, I guess you might say. Uh, started showing in 1969 when I was a senior in high school. Um, went on from there. Um, studied hard, worked hard. Uh, won a few, lost a few, like everybody else. And then in 1994, I got my APA general judge's license, so that added a, a new uh, avenue for me to pursue in a hobby that I'd not had before. I've been judging shows um, pretty much in the southeast, but uh, in other parts of the country. Last year, I was out at the Pacific Northwest Poultry Breeders Association judging in Washington State. I just got home yesterday from Texas, where I was judging the uh, Blue Bonnet Classic uh, in uh, College Station, right there on the edge of uh, Texas A&M campus next October. Uh, I will be out in uh, Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma, judging a show out there. So hopefully I'll run across you at a show somewhere, and if I do, come up, shake hands, and we'll swap chicken stories. Absolutely. We do. (laughs) We do cover we do cover some shows uh, along the way. I do try to get to a few 
uh, every year if it's if it's on my tour schedule and whatnot. And I absolutely love it. I do not show poultry. Um, I haven't even attempted to or thought about it because I'm just really too busy to. But I love going to the shows because there's so many great folks. I love the youth shows. The kids are so enthusiastic. They're so knowledgeable uh, about the chickens that they're showing. It's truly amazing, and it's it's just really um, encouraging to, to see that. Uh, you, you've got the good, fun-hearted competition going on as well, um, and I'm sure the more you come on, we'll talk about some of the other uh, issues. Um, we've heard things when we've talked about showing before, like, well, I'm not going to enter my birds if he's the judge at that show. You know, just, just things that happen. We're all humans, but, but man, it's I love going to the shows. We broadcast some uh, live from the shows, and well, I'm looking to gain more knowledge about the show scene from you, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, and I'm sure a lot of the, sh- the show folks, once they hear about the show and can learn, say, hey, I can even learn more. Rip's such a great guy, and he's a great judge, and, and they'll start tuning in. Uh, again, Rip will be here the first Tuesday of every single month, and we'll be talking about specifically the show scene, whether it be interviewing top breeders, talking about who won what show, um, future shows that are coming up. Uh, we're really looking forward to having you on. Thanks, Andy. I'm I'm looking forward to doing the show. It's it's a great opportunity. And, you know, I I would just imagine that some of the listeners are out there going, chicken shows? Really? (laughs) Well, yeah. Chicken shows are a lot of fun. And and one of the questions I get asked uh, from many newcomers is, why show anyway? You know, I've got my chickens in the yard, and I love them. They're beautiful. But, But why show? Well, if you're breeding chickens, a chicken show is... One way you can have your birds evaluated by a judge to see whether you're progressing towards uh, perfecting them as the standard calls for. And we'll talk about that standard in just a few minutes coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a good way to see old friends and make new ones. That happened to me out in Texas this past weekend. Had a great visit with some old friends, made a lot of new friends. And uh, the social aspect is really what it's all about for me. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in this so long, and, and win or lose, doesn't really make any difference to me, but getting to visit with folks that I know and I've come to, to really take a shine to it has really made it worthwhile. You know, as a matter of fact, some of my best friends today are folks that I have met through chickens and showing chickens. So there's a lot of opportunity to make some new friends out there. You can learn a lot uh, about breeding and perfecting your birds and hatching and rearing just by talking to other breeders at these shows. The exchange of information is absolutely incredible. There's a lot of knowledgeable folks out there, and they are more than willing to share their knowledge and what they've learned over the years. And, of course, there's, you know, sort of the competition aspect of it, too. You can win prizes like perhaps cash or ribbons or trophies. Uh, You can accumulate points to... uh, work towards your master breeder or your master exhibitor awards from APA and ABA and well I mean let's face it it's just fun it's a fun thing to do Uh, if you've got young kids um, wow what a learning opportunity to teach them life skills Uh, I've got a good friend Miriam Montalvo um, and I was visiting with him uh, back before Christmas and just listening uh, to how she uh, interweaves chickens and poultry into their homeschool curriculum and what she has gotten out of it and what her kids have gotten out of it and their whole family uh, there's six people mom dad and four kids whole family participates in showing chickens so it's a really great thing to do 
what are poker shows all about? Well, we kind of covered a little bit of that, but to me, number one thing is improving the breeds. All breeds have a written standard. There's no perfect chicken. It never has been. Most likely, it never will be. But we're always trying to do our best to make the birds that we have even better next year. Uh, we talked about camaraderie and about learning and making new friends and the competition for some. So, you know, there's a little bit of something everybody can get excited about. Now, we also have what we in the fancy call single shows and double shows. In a single show, you bring your birds in, they're cooped in, um, they get judged, everybody goes home. But in a double show, all the birds are judged twice. You have two sets of judges, so you can accumulate twice the number of points if you're into that competition thing. So that's something to think about, too. Now, one of the uh, really neat things about this hobby is there's such a great and tremendous support system out there. We have organizations like the American Poultry Association, most of us call it the APA, and the American Bantam Association, or ABA. Now, the American Poultry Association sanctions shows, they license judges, uh, they print a, a great uh, newsletter, quarterly newsletter, put out a wonderful yearbook at the end of each year, and they cover large chickens, Bantam chickens, geese, ducks, turkeys, guineas. Annual dues are just $20. I mean, what a deal. You're not going to find that kind of a deal most anywhere else you go because it, it's you get a lot of bang for your buck for that 20 bucks. Now, there's also ABA. Now, ABA focuses mostly, mostly on uh, bantam chickens and ducks. They don't get into the large fowl of the turkeys or the guineas or the waterfowl. Uh, their annual dues are $25. They also sanction shows, and they have um, other great learning resources. And incidentally, if you'll Google both of these organizations, you can find a ton of helpful articles uh, in their resource pages. Just lots and lots and lots of great information. So I would suggest that you do that. And Andy, you were alluding to the youth competition. There's an organization out there that's run by a very, very dear friend of mine, Doris Robinson. And Doris and I go way back. And that's the Youth Education Poultry Association, Y-E-P-A. That is a really neat program if you've got youngsters uh, to get them involved in poultry. They have uh, competitions and tests and shows. Uh, it is incredible, and I would suggest you look them up online, too. That's Y-E-P-A, or Youth Exhibition Poultry Association. Now, a pol uh, poultry paper out there that you might find helpful is called Poultry Press, and it's printed monthly. It is $26 for an annual subscription, and you'll find great articles lots of information, um, one ads, you'll find readers ads, you'll find information about upcoming shows, and lots of other information. So check those things out and just be aware that they're out there and that really good information sources. Andy, I know we're probably one getting thing. up close to time to take a break, so... Well, um, I'm probably going to, since uh, we had a little bit of extended chickens in the news and uh, an introduction and, and other news that I had about the tour, we'll probably go until about 2.45, probably another 15 minutes. But I wanted to share my experiences with the shows since you were talking about that. And another reason why I like to go is all the amazing 
many times at many shows uh, crafts that people have. They'll have chicken purses or chicken aprons <laughs> or chicken artwork or anything you'd ever want to know or think that could have a chicken on it or chicken related. Uh, it is uh, they'll, they'll set up an area where they'll be uh, having tables and they'll be selling that, their homemade crafts that they've uh, developed and made uh, right in their basement or in their living room. And so it has that personal touch to it. And and I know people often um, even egg artwork where they've taken eggs, they've blown them out, and, and there's a whole uh, group of folks that really get into that fascinating artwork with the shelled eggs, carving them, painting them. So there, yeah, I, I really like that aspect. And and I've had some uh, pretty darn good food at some. <laughs> so let's not forget that <laughs> at some of these places. A lot of times the uh, the concessions of the food truck is manned by the FFA or 4-H or or, or the club itself, and from those morning biscuits all the and, and and pancakes all the way to the lunchtime chilies and soups and uh, yeah definitely uh, it's it's it, you could make a uh, the, the event last a whole day and not have to worry about going anywhere for any good eats that's for sure. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Andy. I was judging the show uh, early in December <laughs> at Barnwell, South Carolina, and they had a, a guy came came in and he set up his little operation there and he had you know your standard fare that you would expect hamburgers and hot dogs but he also had stuff like fried catfish and shrimp oh it was so good (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i gotta tell you a story i had just bought this was gosh probably about five years ago and i had just bought um the the radio show was taking off and I was like okay I'm I'm doing a lot online I can probably justify spending a little bit more on a laptop computer now I'm starting touring and uh, I was at a show I'm trying to think where it was I want to say it may have been uh, the Chattahoochee Valley show in uh, noon in Georgia and uh, Mm -hmm. I had a I had a little cart that a lot of times kitchens use. A double, you know, I had my uh, laptop there. We were even doing live video the whole the whole nine yards while we were covering that show. And I was going down uh, in between the cages where all the birds were, brand new, top of the line laptop, probably five years ago. And we stopped to uh, interview. I think it may have been a judge or a breeder. And about that time, I don't even remember what breed chicken it was. Rip, uh, he he kind of uh, uh, raised up really high, stretched his wings out before I could do anything he just starts stretching them and flapping them and flapping them and every, probably every single wood shaving from his cage ended up on top of my brand new computer <laughs> been there done that just, but that was a computer <laughs> i just kind of rolled my eyes and thought okay well it's getting broken in this show that's for sure so yeah i'm probably still <laughs> on that computer my my kids are using it uh, as we speak, but I probably have wood shavings down under the keys somewhere from that very first uh, episode at that poultry show. So that was another funny story that the shows uh, remind me of. <laughs> you know, the, I, I can recount so many funny experiences uh, that I've had, and I'm going to close out my, my uh, portion of the show today with one. But uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, let's talk about shows and how they work if you've never been i would encourage you to go uh when you walk in the door it will probably be one of the top oh two or three noisiest things you've ever attended uh you, you've got uh for example when i was out in texas this past weekend we had almost two thousand birds there and you walk in the door and, you, and you've got all this crowing and cackling and quacking and gobbling going on and it it um it 
kind of takes and you back just, the first time or two you go. <laughs> and that's just actually coming from the young ladies over at the aprons that they're buying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to love, I'd say 70% of all of our fans are women, and I love you. So, uh, But I had to throw that out there because I know some folks were thinking about that, the the, 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 the cackling and the, and the crowing. And the, that's just for – that's when these chicken ladies see each other, and they're running down the aisles to hug each other and say, what kind of cool things you got for me this time? <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right there, buddy. Um so let's say you want to go to a show. How do you find out where a show is? How do you find out where a show is? Uh, what's the dates? How do you get there? What's going on? Most shows put out a show catalog. I've, I've got the Blue Bonnet Classic Show Catalog here in my hands. And there are directions how to get to the show. Obviously, the show dates, show times. Most most times, judging starts about 9 o'clock in the morning and goes until we get done. Um it, it has rules and regulations. It lists any uh, Reed Club meets that they have. I know there was a Rhode Island Reed Club meet out there, and we had a Moran's Club meet out there. Uh, it talks about the, the show motel. Just really everything you need to know to go to a show is in one of these show catalogs, and most all the time they're available online, uh, so you don't even have to wait for them to come in the mail. So let's go to a show. Some of the things here that you need to know about is how are shows or birds in a show categorized. There is a, a system to it. It's not just willy-nilly, and it, it it comes and it frankly makes judging a whole lot easier. So it's done by classes. For example, uh, in the APA, they have the following classes: uh, modern games, games. Single cone clean legs, rose cone clean legs, feather legged, all other cone clean legged, and those are bantams. And you get to large fowl. You have the American class, you have the Asiatic, English, Mediterranean, continental, and any other standard breed. Large fowl are typically categorized by a geographic location where they were developed. For example, Rhode Island Reds and Bard Rocks are in the American class because they were developed here in America. The Asiatics are like the Cochins, the Langshans, the Brahmas, those big feather-legged birds all came from the Asiatic area. English class, you'll find birds like Orpingtons, Cornish, uh, Mediterranean class, of course, Leggerns, uh, Continental class, breeds like Marans, La Flesh, um, those sorts of breeds, and any other standard breeds. And this is where you're going to find those breeds that I like to refer to as more ornamental breeds. They don't have so much of an economic purpose, but they are very, very stunning birds to look at. Birds like Yokohamas and Phoenix. If you don't know what a Phoenix is, they can have tails upwards of five to six feet in length, mm -hmm. and they're very striking to look at. Um, and then after they break them into classes, they further break them down by breed and then by variety. For example, uh, in Rhode Island Reds would be the breed but there's two varieties, uh, single comb and rose comb. Uh, so they break them down by class, breed, then variety, and then by they have all the cockbirds together, all the hens together, all the cockles and pullets. And this is sort of an age breakdown. Cockbirds are males that are over 12 months old. Hens are females over 12 months old. Cockles, 
uh, are males under 12 months old, and pullets are females under 12 months old. Now, when you go to a show, you're also going to find that a lot of them also have waterfowl. Uh, they had a big class of waterfowl out there in Texas this weekend. As a matter of fact, Grand Champion was a uh, young buff gander goose. One of the nicest ones and best ones I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Just a very striking. But ducks, here again, they're broken down by class. Now, when we get into waterfowl, we're talking about weight divisions. We have bantam ducks, which is the smallest, then light ducks, medium ducks, and heavy ducks. And then, of course, we go back to the breaking them down by breeding variety. Now, when we get into uh, turkeys, uh, we have... Um, Turkeys is just the breed. They're broken down just by varieties like bourbon reds or narragansetts or broad-breasted bronze, that way. Guineas are broken down um, just by color variety. Now, geese, it's sort of like ducks. We have, here again, weight divisions, uh, light geese, medium goose, and heavy goose. So if you're going around at a show, that's the way you're going to find the birds being presented. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what I would encourage you to do is to take in the whole show. And if you're not, if you're interested in showing and you're not sure what you want to work with as far as the breed goes, go to a show and just check them out. You know, you're going to find birds that are dual class, like Rhode Island Reds or Barred Rocks, and bred for uh, producing eggs and meat. And you're going to find birds there that are maybe you're more interested in a meat type bird. So then I would suggest you look at birds like uh, Cornish, Jersey Giants maybe. Those are bred specifically to be a meat bird. And then you got the ornamentals and we talked about those earlier. Uh, if you want an egg layer, you're probably going to be interested in birds like Legrands, Menorcas, but you know really the bottom line what it really boils down to is pick a breed that you like. Because if you don't like them, you're not going to be happy with them. So pick a breed mm -hmm. that you like. That's the most important thing I can tell you about those. So Rip, you I, remember the, I remember, I remember yeah. the first time. Well, actually, I, I think it was probably four years ago, uh, maybe five, I attended the uh, Ohio National. And that particular year, it was both the APA and ABA what, National Show or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. they, they were right at if not just barely under 10,000 birds uh, at that show and it was it was amazing and I remember way back when when I thought when I was uh, going to a show and even if you don't have any intentions of showing like Rip was saying um, it's it's great to extend your education um, and talk to if you like this particular breed go talk to breeders that breed that and, and, and just fill your brain with all this great information about the breed that you have in your backyard whether you're going to show or not meet people um, and I've got a question for you real quick oh I remember what I was going to say the, the first time I ever saw a modern and 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 uh, you know just some of the breeds that you see you don't see uh, every day you go to the show and see these and you're like some of them will make you laugh. Some will make you giggle. Some will make you want to take them home uh, immediately or go out to the, sh the, the sale barn and say, I've got to get a trio of these. But, um, but yeah, somebody asked in, in the uh, – um, 
chat room that's going on right now about how to find out shows. I shared the website, you know, poultryshowcentral.com. I don't know, and, and of course there's the uh, Poultry Press uh, publication, which is absolutely great as well. Um, and then um, wanted to. And I, this may be just a bad assumption. The ones I've been to, I think most shows that you'll find are put on slash run by a local club. So when you get there, if you see it advertised, you may want to think about joining the club. Like you said, I know some clubs, it's 10 bucks to join for the whole year. Uh, and you get a newsletter and you can go and, and you know, that, 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 that type of thing. And but I'm um, just for the folks in the uh, chat room who are asking questions about that, trying to find a show, and and uh, seeing if there's maybe a club near them uh, that they could join or figure out um, how they could join, and then maybe start showing or at least go to the shows and get more knowledge. Absolutely, Andy. You know, <clears throat> there is a poultry show almost every weekend in the United States somewhere. So chances are there's one near near where our listeners are at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on uh, about 2.45 yeah, here, break so I'm going to turn it over to you, sir. All righty. Thanks so much. Uh, folks, if you happen to be just tuning in, this is a brand-new show for 2016. Um, we've been broadcasting for about eight years now, and we really wanted to, uh, for 2016, uh, we wanted to stir the pot a little bit, make some changes, get a new schedule, get some new guests, and uh, today is one of those new shows and new guests, the first Tuesday of every month. Now I'll be welcoming uh, Rip Stalvey. He is an APA judge, longtime judge with them, very well respected in the show scene, uh, president of the Moran's Club here in, at USA, and uh, he'll be joining us. So, so great information, though. There's more to come. i got to take a commercial break uh, right now. Uh, I will say, however, that the other new show we have scheduled for this year uh, and he will be welcoming us on, I think, the second Tuesday of every month. The second Tuesday of every month will be uh, a, a poultry veterinarian, um, uh, Maurice Patiski out of UC Davis. And uh, his credentials are absolutely amazing. He does write for Chicken Whisperer magazine. He'll be joining us on, uh, I think it's the second Thursday of every single month. Very excited to have him on. What what a, another um, asset to have on the show, talking about disease, preventing disease, troubleshooting, uh, and things like that. So we're glad to, to have a couple of three new uh, guests for uh, for this 2016 broadcasting year. And stay with us. There's more to come with Rip right after this short break. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing.
Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. How would you like a punch in the beak? This looks like a job for Super Chicken. You get the super sauce, I'll don my super suit. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with uh, Chicken Whisper, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. want to say a quick shout-out, a quick thank you to all of the, uh, the folks we have in the live chicken chat room going on right now. It's glad to see that thing fill up, and I uh, want to say hello to all the guests and the first-time listeners to the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you can join us. We broadcast every Tuesday and every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so maybe you can factor in and schedule in the show uh, on a regular basis. I'm sure you'll learn some new things when we have, uh, again, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray on, Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, comes on, uh, We, you know, newly uh, regular guest now with RIP and uh, um, uh, poultry veterinarian, you know, Marius Patiski from UC Davis out in uh, California. So we've really got some great programming, and we're continuing that in 2016. So we really hope you can make this. Uh, and, and even if you can't listen live, that is not a problem. About 10 minutes after we end the, air, end the show, it's archived, and you can listen to it. Just click, click on the same link that we share on our Facebook page 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and listen to that day's broadcast or any broadcast we've ever done, over a 1,000 of them in the last seven, eight years. So we thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Back over to the phone lines now. We'll bring Rip back on and let him continue with uh, today's topic, Introduction introduction to Showing Poultry. Thanks, Andy. It's uh, mm-hmm. Just to catch you up, what we've been talking about a little bit is uh, a little bit why why show, what happens at a show. Now let's talk about actually going to a show and checking it all out. Well, it is a sight to behold if you've never been to a show before, trust me. Particularly if you go to a big show, um, 
set this weekend, like I was talking about at the Brazos County uh, Poultry Show, and there was almost 2,000 birds there, so lots of different things to look at. If you go to a show, here's a few things to remember. Go early because you want to see what goes on before the judging actually starts because you've got all these people out there with all their chickens and they're primping and grooming and touching up this and touching up that, and maybe even blow-drying a silky or two along the way to make them nice and fluffy. So you learn a lot. I would encourage you not, though, to try to talk to uh, the breeders and exhibitors at this point because they're busy and they're focused and they're concentrating on making their birds look the absolute very best that they possibly can. So, you know, after judging starts, things calm down a little bit, and that's a good time uh, if you're interested in, say, old English game bantams, uh, to go talk to some of the old English game breeders. So just keep that in mind. Judging typically starts around 9 o'clock in the morning um, and goes until mm, 5 o'clock. I have been at some shows where we were still judging um, and didn't get finished till about 8 o'clock. So it just kind of depends. Now, when you see the judging going on, observe what the judge is doing and what he's looking at because this can tell you a lot about what you need to look at um, when you're selecting your own birds. Now, just don't try to talk to the judge when he's judging. He's really having to concentrate very, very hard. You know, if a judge has to do 400 birds in a day from 9 to, to 5, he doesn't have a lot of time to invest uh, on any one bird, and he has to keep going because he has to get finished. So just wait till he goes to lunch or he takes a break or after judging is over actually is also a good time and all the judges that i know be more than happy you tell them you're new and thinking about getting into the hobby uh, they'll be more than happy to steer you in the right direction and, and give you good solid sound information now don't even go into the aisle where a judge is judging most of the time these are roped off but sometimes they're not uh, but most of the time they are. So just try to, out of common courtesy for the judge and the job he's having to do, uh, just stay out of those aisles. Uh, do try to talk to several different exhibitors while you're there. Uh, even if they have breeds that you may not be interested in, you'd be surprised how much you could learn uh, from talking to those folks. Uh, also, if you're interested in purchasing birds, many times uh, shows will set up a separate sale area and breeders and exhibitors will bring uh, excess birds that they have that they would like to sell, and it's an opportunity to, to pick up some birds at a fairly decent price. Remember that you're not going to be buying their cream of the crop by any means, but that most of the times these will be good starter birds for you to begin with. Many breeders uh, have worked for years and years and years uh, to try to perfect their particular breed or variety. Uh, for example, well, I started with Rhode Island Reds in 1974, oh, and I've got them today. So I've, I've been continuously raising and breeding Rhode Island Reds since 1974. So you can invest a lot of time. And, um, gosh, I just wish I could get them to where I want them, and I say that every year. But I keep trying to improve and, and slowly make progress. Judging, uh, like I said, is, is typically over by five, so that... Then they get into the awards program. Uh, some of them are fairly elaborate. Some of them are not so much. Uh, but that's when they hand out ribbons, and rosettes, and trophies, and any cash awards that somebody might win. Um, so that's kind of fun to, to observe, too, at the same time. Let's talk about how birds are actually judged, because I know that confuses a lot of people. I see these judges out there, and they're picking up a bird, and 
they're extending the wing and looking at that and looking at eye color and all these kinds of things and things you, you might not even think about. So how are birds judged? Well, by the appropriate breed and variety standard. Now, the American Poultry Association puts out a publication called The Standard of Perfection. And the American Bantam Association, the breed standards are called Bantam Standards. And each breed is described in great detail, uh, from the shape of the beak to the color of the toenails in some instances, and all parts in between. And they are very specific. Those are the guys that we go by when we're breeding and showing birds. So um, i got to interrupt yeah. you. Color of the toenails. So you have to be very careful when you go to Walmart to pick up the nail color for your birds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings up another subject, Andy, and that's called faking. <laughs> People have been known over the years to try to add color or do something that they really shouldn't do. And if uh, an exhibitor is caught faking their birds, that bird is disqualified along with all the other birds that breeder exhibited. Now, that, that's amazing. That, could, that could include, Rip, from my understanding and a little bit of knowledge I have, that could be anywhere from maybe plucking a bad feather to trying to use something to redden the combs and wattles more or, um, uh, like you said, uh, using maybe false color for maybe the legs or, or, or the toes. I'm not talking about toenail polish, folks. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> But um, are all those things are all those things I mentioned? Is that and maybe and, and I know if you see one lice or one mite, that they're they're done. You just put the bird back in the cage. Nope, disqualification um, regarding that's concerned. But uh, am, am I am I making that up or have I heard plucking feathers to try to get rid of one? Is that uh, De- depends on the feather you pluck. Gotcha. Uh, okay. For example, on, on barred rocks, uh, particularly females. Uh, you'll find that they will produce the odd feather that is solid black on their body. You can pull that out with no problem. But if you've got one that has, let's say, uh, a third of the feather is white and you pull it out of the wing feather, that's a disqualification. Because uh, in um, the standard, I don't know, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but basically it says that uh, if a primary or secondary feather is missing where uh, Foreign color would disqualify. It's a disqualification, so they can't. They won't place those birds. Uh, but just the odd touch-up, pulling body feathers, that's not a big deal. Uh, as to reddening combs, they use uh, several different products for that, and it's perfectly fine. Uh, they use a product. Um, uh, really, I'm going to give you the cheap way to do this. If you take a bottle and fill it, just a small bottle, and fill it halfway up with olive oil and then finish filling it up with alcohol, uh, just shake that up, put a little bit on your fingers and rub the comb around the face and the wattles. Now, the alcohol will help redden what's there, the, the skin, and the olive oil will give it a nice shine or sheen to it, and make it kind of glossy looking. It makes them really pop and stand out, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, but it's worth okay. checking out. And I, go ahead. Okay. It's cheap based on what kind of alcohol you use, my friend. <laughs> yes, well, true. <laughs> just good old rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and since we're talking about this, if you don't mind me asking a, a couple of questions. Regarding, since you're talking about judging 
and all the things you're looking for, which is fascinating when you, when you go to a show and you see the judge holding the bird, and like you said, lifting the feathers, looking the vent, the comb, the legs, the leg color, everything, mine slice, the whole nine yards. And like you're saying, 400 birds maybe in a show. You, you've got to be competent. You've got to know what you're doing to get that many birds done in a, in a quick set of time. Um, how... And this, and we'll talk. I'm sure we'll have later shows that, that'll be, you know, titled something like "The Controversy Was Showing." I'll throw this out there to you, though, um, for this show. How hard do you think it is for judges to? I, I get the concept seems seems simple. You've got the APA, American po- uh, Poultry Association. Uh, standard of perfection. Uh, you've got that awesome book to go by. Uh, I know the young lady we're friends on Facebook have been for many years. She does a lot of the renderings for for that book. Uh, this past uh, release, um, and, and it sounds like a simple concept, but how hard is it really for a judge to judge these birds by using that standard of perfection and really try hard not to use their personal. Um, uh, personal judging, if you will. And I know you're talking about the emotions or maybe you do or don't know who that bird belongs to, um, and that's a whole other show as well. But um, really trying to sound, again, sounds easy, but how hard is it for you to really stick to that standard of perfection when you're judging and not, you know, not waver? Well, Andy, for me, it's not very hard. Um, and that's going to sound kind of highfalutin, and I don't mean it to come off that way. But you know, I was raised, and well, not raised, but I was always taught by my mentors. The standard of perfection is the Bible for breeding uh, standard bred poultry. So that's what I go by. Now, with that said, I do see fads showing up from time to time. Um, for example, the trend in Rhode Island Reds now. Rhode Island Red. If you took two bricks, turned them up on edge, and then placed them side by or back to back, that would be about the perfect body shape for a Rhode Island Red. Long, level, wide back. I'm seeing a lot of uh, Reds, particularly males, in the shows today. Uh, that they don't. They've got a long back. They've got a wide back, but it's not a level back. The back starts right at the shoulders and starts going up to the tail, about 20 degrees. But that's not what the standard calls for, and I irritate some people when I don't place those birds. I'm, I'm going by the standard, not by what's popular. Uh, and the same thing uh, with Plymouth Rocks. You, you know, the, if, if you can, <laughs> this sounds like a weird description, but I've heard it for many, many, many years, uh, that their body should be shaped like a gravy boat when you're looking at it in profile. And don't see a lot of those anymore. They're, they're lacking in the breast. They're got what we call a hatchet chest. Looks like you just chopped it off with a hatchet. Um, and, and they're very flat in the front. And the top line's not good at all. It's, neither is the underline. But uh, for me, it's not hard because I've, I have learned to develop uh, a mental image of what the silhouette for breeds should be. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I'm really good on all breeds because there are some breeds that I don't see regularly. Uh, there was a silver campaign and a golden campaign out of Texas last weekend, and I have probably only judged about a dozen of those in my entire mm-hmm. judging career. So, so I did what most all judges do. If I'm not sure, I go back to the standard and see what the standard tells me they should look like. And uh, 
most judges, uh, it's easy to do with the, the ABA standard because they make a pocket edition that you can just slip down into those big pockets on the judging cup. Uh, yeah. Standard profession is, is a great big book, and it doesn't slip easily anywhere. <laughs> so I usually get my <laughs> clerk to carry that around for me. <laughs> but in judging birds, uh, most judges uh, approach it from the standpoint is let's find the bird that most closely matches the standard. Let's talk about Rhode mm-hmm. Island Reds. All right, we're talking about the cockbirds. Which cockbird most closely matches the standard? All right, once I found that bird, then I compare all the other birds to him, which is the second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best, and so on. Not only cockbirds, hens, pullets, and cockerels as well. And then I go back, and after I've judged uh, those, I'll pick which bird most closely matches the standard of the cocks, hens, cockerels, and pullets. Uh, and that will be my best of breed. And the second closest will be my reserve of breed. And so on down that way. And, and it's just, it, it sounds a little complicated, but it really moves you along at a pretty good pace, as long mm-hmm. as you've got a good mental picture of what those birds should look like. And it's not an easy thing uh, to get a judge's license. Uh, back when I got mine, we had a five-year apprenticeship program uh, that required me to clerk for lots of different other judges uh, and learn from them um, and let them sort of mentor me for the day, as it were, uh, judging the show. And then you had about 400 written questions to answer for the written exam. Plus, you have to do a showroom exam where you uh, go into a show with a licensed judge and you tell him how you would place every bird in that show. And, and you have to give oral reasons why you would place them that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a probably the most stressful day of my life <laughs> when I took my judge, written exam and oral exam. Um, my examining judge uh, was Emmett Rachels, a very dear friend of mine who since passed on. Uh, but Emmett was a little sick that day. But there was Bob James and Clell Agler and two or three or four others there. And I mean, those are fantastic judges, and when you've got them sort of peering down the back of your neck while you're telling how you would select birds, kind of freaks you out a little bit. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it uh, because, I, like I said earlier, I've made a lot of friends in poultry, and it's just been a wonderful experience for me. Well, I'm going to have you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to have you go ahead and and see uh, about how long you have to wrap up, and then I've asked uh, the group here for a couple of questions, and uh, I'll limit it to maybe one or two for you at the very end of the show, and uh, just a couple. But yeah, and then if you can just take a look and see about what you have left to uh, wrap up the show with today. I wanted to talk about the shows coming up this month, and sounds a great. Little bit about what I'm going to be talking about next month, and then I'm done. That's, that sounds great. Uh, Shows in January in the U.S., uh, of course, we had the Brazos Valley Poultry Club last weekend in College Station, Texas. Uh, this coming weekend, we have shows in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Reading Annual Winterbird Show. Uh, Florida Sunshine Classic in Lake City, Florida is also this coming weekend. The 16th is the Safford Poultry Show, uh, Safford, Arizona. Uh, 16th and 17th, the Northeastern Poultry Congress in West Springfield, Massachusetts. That's also the national mm-hmm. meet for the American Bantam Association. Uh, February the 16th and 17th, Gold Coast Poultry Fanchers in Trespinos, California. Uh, January 23rd, West Alabama Poultry Club Show in Anniston, Alabama. 
uh, January the 23rd is the Pearl River Classic in Columbia, Mississippi. I'll be judging at that show. Stop by and say hi. Uh, January 22nd and 23rd, the Northern, excuse me, National Western Stock Show and Poultry Show in Denver, Colorado. So who says you can't show chickens when it's cold in the winter? Uh, Fort Worth Stock Show, January 23rd and 24th in Fort Worth, Texas. Pacific Poultry Breeders Association uh, Show, January 30th and 31st in Stockton, California. That is also the national meet for the American Poultry Association. So let's see. We've got a TPBA Sarama Tabletop Show, January 30th and 31st in Stockton in conjunction with that uh, Pacific Northwest Breeders Show. Northeast uh, Georgia Poultry Fancy Association, January 21st uh, in Jefferson, Georgia. And Hart County Bantam Club Show. Uh, don't have the date set yet, but it should be uh, towards the end of January, if I remember correctly, in Hartwell, Georgia. So that's what's going on in the poultry show world in January. Uh, just Again, I want to tell everybody how much I appreciated the opportunity to do this show, and I want to thank them for listening, and hopefully they learned a little bit today. Uh, if they'll join us next next month, we're going to be talking about breeding, hatching, and breeding, and identifying standard bred chicks. So that should be a lot of fun. And I, I would kind of throw out there, if, if anybody has a question after the show's over or wants some more information from me, uh, they can email me, and I'll be happy to answer them. They can email me at showingpoultry at gmail.com showingpoultry at gmail.com so thanks everybody now Andy no that sounds great Rip we appreciate it I've got one question here in the chat room for you and then I think I'm going to uh, i got a prize to give away so uh, hang tight folks cool. I'll uh, let you know how you can win that prize people can call in if you're the right number caller um, then, uh, and you know the answer to today's question if you've been listening then um, you'll, you'll win a great prize so the question from uh, Green Gables Homestead here in the chat room is Rip what is your favorite bird and why probably my favorite bird is Rhode Island Reds um, like I said, I've had them for so long. Uh, I fell in love with them at a young age. Uh, they're a challenge to breed. They're a very majestic breed. And when I say standard bred Rhode Island Reds are not at all like what most people think as Rhode Island Reds. They're very, very dark mahogany red, uh, and frankly, uh, and, and they also have a black tail. But I've had many, many people stop going by my house and say, what are those black chickens out there? That's just how dark that red is. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's really hard to pin me down to one because I've got a lot of favorites, but that's probably my most favorite <laughs> favorite. <laughs> that's really good. Well, that's great. Well, Rip, hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very, very excited um, that uh, you, you've signed on for the task of well, a couple of things that we haven't told our listeners yet. Uh, one is to uh, be a contributor to uh, Chicken Whisperer magazine. We're definitely looking forward to your contribution in that that publication and then signing on to come on the show and talk about the show scene, what's going on, top breeders, top uh, birds, schedules, tips, and, and, and interviewing the top judges uh, in, in your field. So we're looking forward to that, and we appreciate you joining us today, and we look forward to many more. Uh, thanks for coming on today, and thanks for signing on. Thanks, Andy. It's a real pleasure and an honor. Thank you very much, and everybody have a great month. 
Sounds great. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I've got some prizes to give away, at least one, maybe two, uh, depending on what kind of feedback. I've got 50 open phone lines. I'm going to give you the phone number and, and the question, and then I'm going to go to a, just – I've got a couple more commercials to run, and then we'll come back and, and we'll go to the phone lines and see who wants to win this awesome, awesome prize. So uh, first, get that pen and paper so you can write down the number to call in. Okay, and uh, you know it's so fun when we do this. So I'm going to go over to the chat room right now just to make it fair. And everybody who's in the chat room, uh, there's a few of you. Uh, the guest, unfortunately, like I said, uh, if you register with Blog Talk Radio, either just creating an account or through Facebook or Twitter, you'll never have to do it again, and you'll get your screen name and you can participate in the chat room. But for those of you who can do that, uh, the first person to post uh, just the first number. Um, uh, we'll just say 1 through 10. Uh, type a number there, 1 through 10, and, and put it in the chat room. That's the caller that we'll take today. Let's let's get that started first. Christmas Chick's a long-time listener. She's familiar with that. But Green Gable Homestead, uh, Christmas Chick, Heather's in there, I see. Um, and then there's several guests. But And if you're listening live and not in the chat room, you can still win. So, so don't go in. Okay, caller number 7. That's what we're going to be looking for. Christmas Chick types in 7. So we're going to be taking caller number 7 here in just a moment. Let me get over here to uh, the switchboard. Go ahead, and uh, I'm going to give the number to call. So you might want to get a pen and, and paper. This number has not changed in seven years, and so you can write it. We, a lot of people have Chicken Whisper notebooks. They have a spiral notebook. They have the number to the show on the cover, and then inside they have all the notes from all our awesome guests throughout the years. So a uh, great, great resource for you. Um, but we're going to take caller number seven. If you know the answer to this question, uh, early on in today's episode, um, Rip uh, talked about this. I talked talked about this kind of in his introduction, but I want you to tell me, the question is, and if you know the answer, we want you to be caller number seven today, and what are you going to win? Uh, an, a bottle of e-poultry. Uh, this stuff is absolutely awesome. It's a whey-based product to help your poultry utilize the probiotics and prebiotics that may already be in their food or the ones that you're actually giving them. So it is a super, super value, a super, super product. We're giving that away. We may have another contest after this. <laughs> we'll give away a one-year print, one print subscription to Chicken Whisper Magazine. We'll see how successful this is. So, so right now, if you remember or can tell me, how old was Rip when he got his first Chickens. How he mentioned it. I mentioned it early on in this episode. How old was Rip when he started keeping chickens? Okay. How old was he when he received his first chickens? When he bought his first chickens? When he was given his first chickens? How old was Rip when he started keeping chickens as a youth? And the number to call, caller number seven, we're looking for right now. While I go to break, three four seven six three seven. 3237. Okay, it's also on your screen. So we've got 347 637 3237. When you call in, just uh, um, what you want to do and call in, press one when instructed to do so. You'll probably hear the ladies press one to speak with the host. Uh, but if you don't, that's still cool. The switchboard's starting to light up right now. I love that. We got listeners from all over the country. So here's the number to call 347 347- 637-3237. One more time. 347-637-3237. We're looking for call number seven. We'll go to call number seven uh, when we return right after this short break from our sponsor. We're give away some uh, give away some e-poultry. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. 
Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. And here's the product we're giving away for this contest. Just a cap full a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing ePoultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health. Made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. ePoultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com. That's www.eanimalproducts.com. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today. The uh, Wow, the switchboard lit up like a Christmas tree, if you will. And uh, i got to count over here, count down to uh, caller number seven. And the question we asked was, who can tell me how old... Rip was our guest today when he got or started with his chickens. For how old was he when he got his first chickens? Uh, for a nice bottle of e poultry, and uh, let's go over here and we'll count down. We'll bring you live on the air. Okay, don't be shy. We're just laid back chicken folks here, and uh, we'll ask you the question. You give us the answer. If the right answer, you get the prize. And uh, I'll have you send me an email with all your shipping information, and we'll get the get the prize out there for you. We try to give away a lot of prizes and uh, keep our awesome listeners and fans happy so uh, let's go here one two three four five six seven we got 50 free phone lines here 50 phone lines on our switchboard so let's go over here and we'll go to call number seven and i'll give you the area code so you know who you are all righty thank you very much for uh, calling in your caller number seven calling in from area code Five five nine area code five five nine. Your call number seven. State your name. Tell us where you're calling from, please. I'm Kevin. I'm from California. Kevin from California. All right. So you're getting a little lunchtime listening in out there. We're on the uh, we're all the way over here on the East Coast, but uh, you're getting some lunchtime listening. We appreciate you from tune, tuning in today, uh, Kevin. So uh, to win the prize, some e poultry. Tell us uh, how old was Rip when he started keeping some poultry? Three years old. Three was it? Three years old. Congratulations! 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 He was three years old. You are exactly right. Three years old. That was in his official bio he sent me, and we mentioned it on the show today. I'm going to give away one more prize, so don't go anywhere, uh, anybody. So out in California, do you keep poultry yourself? Yes, I do. Do you show poultry? Uh, my kids do. I don't show poultry yet. I'm working on it. 
Okay, good. Well, good for you. You got that's a, a great goal to have in mind. So glad to hear that the kids are getting into it. Do they go and do this through 4-H or FFA, or do they go through a local club and show? They both show in 4-H. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, 4-H is a great organization. Uh, gotta love that. And uh, well, hey, we appreciate you uh, calling in and winning the prize today. Some e-poultry. Let me tell you what to do. If you have a pin, kind of easy to remember. Uh, if you'll just send me an email, what I need is your name, uh, your shipping ad- address, and phone number. If we have any uh, issues with that, but your name, shipping address, and phone number. Two. It's very simple. C W, for short for Chicken Whisper. C W at chickenwhisperer.com. That's C-W at chickenwhisperer.com. Just send me the email with that information, and uh, we'll get that over to ePoultry, and they'll ship out that free bottle, and uh, you can try it out on your on your show, Birds, and tell me how you like it. So thank you very much for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I, I think we ought to do another contest as well. Um, I think we ought to. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and clear the switchboard so if you get hung up on don't take it offense don't think i'm mad or anything like that i'm going to go ahead and uh and clear the switchboard so we'll say you've been disconnected and uh if you haven't already hung up already and uh, so i'll clear the switchboard we'll do another contest this will be for a one year print subscription so you should get this in time to have every issue for 2016 of chicken whisperer magazine and um uh, it's a it's a ten dollar value, so we're not looking at breaking the bank here, and it's not a Ferrari or you know, but uh, hey, it's it's great information and uh, absolutely free. A print subscription, the magazine will be shipped directly to your mailbox four times a year, winter, spring, summer, and fall, and uh, totally free. The next question is going to be and actually, let me go back to the chat room and uh, let's have the first number I see in the chat room. We had Christmas chick put in seven. Uh, let's have someone else put in a number in there. Our Christmas chick, if you can do it before anybody else, throw in there a, uh, a number, and that's the number we're going to take. So then nobody can say, this is rigged. Chicken, pick, chicken Whisperer is picking this number or that number. So, uh, And, and it, everybody gets to participate a little bit with this. So uh, maybe Green Gables Homestead or a Christmas chick, whichever one, just type in a number from 1 to 10. We'll do another 1 to 10 number, and we'll we'll get the switchboard to light up and see who we can have when the, the one-year subscription uh, to Chicken one, to Number 10, so on the upper end of the board, sometimes we've given coops away like this, and, and we've had, like, caller number. Right? They'll choose caller number 47 <laughs> since we do have 50 phone lines. So caller number 10, let me get back over here to the switchboard. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to clear it out one more time as I ask the question. So if you uh, get disconnected, do not take it in an offense. Uh, when you call back in, it will be caller number 10 once I ask the uh, the question. The question is, from today's show, okay, uh, from today's show, what breed of chicken has Rip been breeding since 1974? 1974, he started breeding this particular breed of chicken, and uh, we want to know. Caller number 10 right now, 347-637-3237. It's 347-637-3237. What breed of chicken okay, uh, has Rip been breeding specifically since 1974? This is for a one-year subscription to Chicken Whisper Magazine, $10 value, mailed directly to your front door got to love it oh by the way i want to tell you this too uh there's a chicken coop contest going on right now in the uh 
winter edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Um, I think I think it's the winter edition. Pretty sure. I think we're giving away a Snaplock chicken coop. So uh, head over to chickenwhisperermagazine.com, chickenwhisperermagazine.com, and you'll probably see a tab there for the contest. I think it's still current. Don't quote me on that. I think it is. Holidays got me all kind of my days messed up. Uh, but we're giving away a chicken coop there. It's very simple to enter. I think you type in within 25 words or less. How hard is that? Uh, why you love keeping chickens, and you'll be entered to win that chicken coop. Uh, and that magazine. And, and so there's another coop contest. Don't forget, later today I'll be posting an awesome chicken coop contest uh, for uh, on on our Facebook page. So very, very cool. All right, let me get over here to the phone lines. We, I think believe uh, that we said call number 10. We want to know um, what year did Rip start to keep – no, no, what year did he start breeding this particular breed of chickens – We'll go to the phone lines right here. Caller calling in number 10, lucky number 10, from area code 810. 810, you're live on the air. Tell us your name and where you're calling from, please. They hung up. They dropped. So um, if they can call back, I'm going to give you a chance to call back. Okay, eight, uh, area code 810. If you call back, since you were officially caller number 10 in the winter, if you can call back in in the next couple of, uh, next, say, next 60 seconds, <laughs> then I'll bring you live and, and you can win. If not, I'm going to caller number 11. And that's how we do that on the show. We've always done that. If something happens to caller number 5 or they get the wrong answer, we go to caller number 6 and caller number 7 and caller number 8 based on. Uh, so I'm going to give you another about 30 seconds. And if you haven't called in, Okay, I don't see anything. So we're going to the next caller right now. Caller calling in from area code 417. 417, you're caller number 11. Tell us uh, what's your name and where you're calling from, please. Caller calling in from area code 417. Well, they just hung up. So uh, calls dropped. I'm going to give them one more chance. If not, we'll go to call number 12. <laughs> So uh, don't be shy. Live radio, bay. It's it's cool. I don't have a good radio voice, Sandy. That's okay. Call, call and call back in. We only got five minutes left of the show. So, all righty. Here we go, then. They haven't called back in. We'll go to call number 12. Calling in from area code 248. Area code 248. You're live on the air. Tell us your name and what state you're calling from, please. Hi, Andy. It's yep, that's New Dawn Farm Girl. Oh my gosh! I haven't heard from, I haven't heard you in like years. <laughs> I know. I try to listen at work, but it's hard. Thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, I remember when uh, uh, a lot of uh, the show got just extremely popular, and then people were in the chat room. All of a sudden, they disappeared, and they're like, "My work blocked me from being in the chat room." <laughs> I was like, yes, "Okay, they did. I can still listen. I can still listen, but I can't do the chat room anymore." So awesome. Okay, so tell me. Um, uh, what breed of chicken did Rip start uh, kind of uh, raising, showing, breeding in 1974? Okay, I hope I get this right. Rhode Island Reds? Uh, was it Rhode Island Reds? Let me look at my notes. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Oh. 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 All righty, 
congratulations. Yes, it was Rhode Island Reds. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask him, and I forgot today, that as he, he obviously hatches them out and breeds them, maybe in an incubator. But I've never, as long as I've had Rhode Island Reds, I've never had one go broody in, in ever, in years. So uh, maybe that's kind of over time has been bred out of them. I don't know. But that will be a question the next time he comes on. So new Don Farm Girl, longtime listener of the show. Thank you so much. Um, if you don't remember the drill, you just heard it with the other caller. Uh, if you'll just send me an email uh, with your name, uh, mailing address, and your phone number, I'll get that over to the publishers. We'll get you on uh, for R. If you already subscribe to the print, you may subscribe to the digital. Now you're going to get the print. Or if you already subscribe to the print and you want this gifted to somebody else, just send, uh, make a note in there and say, hey, I'd like this sent to, and I'll need their name and their uh, mailing address and uh, phone number for that. It's CW at chickenwhisperer.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for calling in, and congratulations. Thank you. All righty, cool. That's going to wrap up another episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Hope you like the show. If you're a first-time caller, listener, what have you, tune back in. We'll be live this Thursday with poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D. That's coming up this Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. God bless everybody. Ha ha ha